Are you a Dragon Boat athlete? Have you ever thought about joining a team? Hornet Water Sports makes high-performance, lightweight, carbon-fiber Dragon Boat paddles. You can choose from one of their many graphic designs. Don't settle for just a boring black paddle. I love their design so much that I have four different paddles. They also have all of the Dragon Boat accessories that you need, paddle bags, tip covers, tape, and more. Visit their website at hornetwatersports.com and enter the code PINK at checkout to receive 10% off of your order. That's hornetwatersports.com and enter the code PINK. Thanks for downloading. On this episode, Kelly Hendershot from Gilda's Club Quad City in Davenport, Iowa, and Vidis and Dahus from Cancer Support Community in Phoenix, Arizona, joined us on the podcast to share the history of the organizations and the different supports and services provided to cancer survivors, friends, and family. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Every single one helps. Take a listen in. Welcome to Behind the Pink Ribbon, where we share stories, information, and other content related to breast cancer. My name is Melissa Adams. I am a 12-year genetic breast cancer survivor. I've learned so much through my own journey with breast cancer. I have met some amazing people along the way, many that have become lifelong friends. I have experienced the emotional roller coaster of a breast cancer diagnosis, heartache, anger, frustration, loneliness, and even gratitude. Through this podcast, we will speak to breast cancer survivors, supporters, and healthcare professionals to gain insight and understanding behind the pink ribbon. Today, I have Kelly from um, Gildas Club Quad Cities in Davenport, Iowa with us today. In addition, I also have Vidi from the Cancer Support Community here in Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome, ladies, to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So I want to talk about um, the organization. So I know that we have two names, Gilda's Club and then also Cancer Support Community. However, they are the same organization. Yes? That's correct. Yeah, correct. We uh, we have a longstanding history on the Gilda side from Gilda Radner and started our kind of branch of the affiliate back in 1995 in New York City. Um, Gilda herself had attended groups at the wellness community in L.A., and uh, in 2009, the two organizations merged, and we all became the cancer support community. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And so I do want to talk a little bit about Gilda Radner just because, for me, when I when I was seeking out supports and services, it was called Gilda's Club, um, and I think it's important to share Gilda's story. And, um, you know, even though she wasn't um, a breast cancer survivor, and obviously the podcast is kind of directed at breast cancer survivor, the supports and services that are provided by the cancer support community encompasses all cancers. And so I really wanted to bring you on to share that information. But I also want to be able to talk a little bit about Gilda and you know, the family and friends that decided this was some place for people. Um, they wanted to find a place for people to go that were impacted by cancer. So either one of you want to take that one? I can jump, uh, kind of dive in and talk a little bit about Gilda, and then, BD, I can let you talk a little bit about the program then, since you're in Phoenix. Of course. Um, so Gilda, very, very famous comedian of her time, Um, diagnosed with ovarian cancer when her and her husband, Gene Wilder, were trying to um, 
get pregnant. She had a series of miscarriages, and it turns out that the reason she was in holding was her ovarian cancer. Um, Gilda did ultimately die in 1989, but she was very private throughout her cancer diagnosis. She has a great autobiography called There's Always Something that is her story about her cancer journey. And since then, there's been a really excellent documentary about her life called Love Gilda Created. So if people want to learn more, those are two perfect sources. But Gilda very reluctantly went to try things at the wellness community. Her oncologist had actually suggested that she meet with a therapist named Joanna Bull at the time. And Joanna welcomed her into the wellness community out in L.A., um, there's a great clip in that documentary that shows Jean relaying the story about how she was so excited when she went home. She wasn't ovarian cancer patient. She wasn't the famous comedian. She was just Gilda. And she really liked that she had her identity back by going to that group. And after she died, Jean and Joanna were just so proud of her kind of turnaround with the support group. You know, it was the best group she never wanted to be a part of that they decided to start Gilda's Club in her honor. And the first one did open in 1995 in New York City. Um, Very much the spirit of Gilda's Club, where the experts, the people living with the cancer diagnosis, they're the experts here. And we opened here in the Quad Cities in 1998. So we were the seventh Gilda's Club affiliate. Um, But as I said earlier, we've since merged with the wellness community. So you'll either see people across the country Um, And you can find a location by going to cancersupportcommunity.org. And we have a location map. We're a global organization. But we merged with the wellness community in 2009 to form this really amazing affiliate network. So I have my program that I lead here in Davenport, Iowa, following the same tiers of support as what um, Vidi will be talking about um, as offered in Phoenix. Awesome. And so how many... How many exist? Through you said it's global, so um, you know how many how many organizations exist or how many facilities exist. Sure, that number changes pretty frequently. So, if you need to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we're at 46, 47 main affiliates with um, 160 locations um, because we have a lot of healthcare partnerships and outreach communities. That's right, Kelly. Okay, and so. Are they all standalone buildings or are some of them housed within like a medical facility anywhere? Yeah, that truly does vary. So some of them are standalone affiliates within their own home environment. And some of our are definitely partnerships within hospitals. I know, for example, in Texas, we have a couple of those affiliates that are within hospital settings. Uh, but it truly does vary uh, depending on the affiliate what they choose uh, is the best option for their community. Okay. Yeah. And so in terms of, I know the, the cancer support community um, is a standalone facility here in Phoenix. Um, and then what about Quad City? Is that, um, is that a standalone or is that kind of mixed in with uh, a medical facility? Sure. Right now we're in a beautiful historic location that actually overlooks the Mississippi River. So we're in a standalone location too. But I just want to add those that are in hospital or office building settings, they um, still have the home-like environment. Some people Mm -hmm. get a little bit concerned when they hear that a Gilda's Club or a cancer support community is in a hospital. But when you walk in our doors within the hospital, it's like you're walking into a living room or somebody's home. 
Yeah. Well, and that was one of the things that I loved so much about Gilda's Club um, was, you know, and I don't I don't know if this was consistent for every Gilda's Club when it was that, uh, but it, it had a red door. And so mm-hmm. anytime that I went in there, you know, just opening that red door, the first thing that I saw was, you know, a couch and what looked like a living room. <laughs> um, you know, I would go up to the desk, I would check in, and then the rest of the building was exactly what you said. You know, it, it really felt like a space that was more like being at home versus being in, you know, uh, just a building or even, you know, a medical facility. So I'm glad that you make that a point. And our logo still has that red door on it. Yes, I love the red mm-hmm. door. <laughs> so let's talk about, um, you know, again, just mentioning that, you know, the organization is not specifically for breast cancer. It really does encompass all cancers. And it's not only just for cancer survivors. It is for anyone that has been impacted by cancer. That's right. That's right. So currently within our services, just like you mentioned, in a home-like environment, that was one of the biggest factors for Dr. Harold Benjamin, the founder of the wellness community in 1987 and now cancer support community and, 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 and Gilda's Club. Um, making it a home-like environment. Not very many people want to return to a hospital setting to receive services of support. So they make that a, a really big um, uh, mission, right? Um, and in addition to that, just like you're mentioning, we want to ensure that people impacted by cancer whose primary stressors are cancer are coming to our services. So that includes the friend, the family member, you know, the caregiver, the person with the diagnosis, whether they're recently diagnosed, currently going through treatment, you know, found them, find themselves in remission, but they're still feeling, you know, those various emotions that come with the cancer diagnosis. These doors are open for them, and these services are are directly for them and their and their units overall. That can be a colleague, that can be a neighbor, whoever is within their family unit. And I love that, and I think that's important because, you know, not everybody, um, you know, obviously it's so important for the survivor, but sometimes people forget about the people who are closest to the survivors and the things that they're experiencing and going through. And so being able to have that space to go to where, you know, while, while those of us who are survivors are, you know, in the midst of this and, um, you know, struggling with the the medical side of it, I know for a fact that there are struggles just from the side of caregivers and friends and other family members who, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this is their first experience with it and they don't know where to go or how to seek support for themselves. So I've always loved that about the organization um, to be able to provide services to anyone impacted by cancer. Right, right. That's so important for us. And in, in addition to that, what's also really crucial is uh, to let participants know or members to know that all of the services provided within Cancer Support Community and Gilda's Club, they are free. We never charge a participant for, for attending a support group or a cooking class. All of these services are for them, with them, and um, free of charge to them. Right. Yeah. And that was um, one of the biggest things, too, is... You know, the other thing is that not everybody has the means, right, to Mm -hmm. attend a yoga class. And I don't want to get too far ahead in terms of what specific (laughs) things are offered. But, um, you know, I 
I didn't even know what yoga was, and I certainly wasn't going to go pay for something that I didn't know what it was. But I went, and it was free, and it completely changed my life. So, I, you know, that's a really good point that it is free for everybody that walks through that door. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, when I was going through, um, well, when I was when I went to Gilda's Club the first thing that I had to do was kind of like an orientation meeting. Is that still something that's required for everybody? From a cancer support community perspective here in Arizona, that is a requirement from us. Um, and that's truly just to allow the participants, uh, you know, the opportunity of getting to learn all of our services. We've walked them through our five pillars of service. We explain to them in detail what to expect, what they can take advantage of. We give them a tour of the facility because you are already feeling alone as it is in your journey. So these uh, orientation meetings are really an opportunity for participants to really emerge into the services and feel like they are part of this community and don't feel left out or, you know, in the dark of, of what's available to them. Right. And we do the same thing here. It's, it's just a really important step because it can be scary walking through those red doors for the first time, no matter how inviting they are. I got my start here as a member in our family caregiver group and having that orientation aspect really was kind of eased me into the whole philosophy and mission of Gilda's Club as well. And just made me that much more comfortable as a member. Right. And I agree with that as somebody that, um, first of all, I didn't even want to go. <laughs> um, I was very resistant. Um, my very best friend, uh, Ken had decided this was something that he thought I should try. And so he came with me to the orientation meeting and just exactly what you said, it is such an important step that, you know, it was an opportunity for many of us who were there as survivors, but also family members and friends to just kind of sit and realize like, oh, okay, this is a safe space. You know, they shared some information with us. They gave us a tour of the facility. And from that, I mean, I was hooked. I was I was at Gilda's Club multiple <laughs> times a week um, for many years, for many, many years. Um, it's your second home. Really, truly it is. And right. the relationships that I created through that um, organization are relationships that I still have 12 years later. Like they are some of some of the people that I've met through that are some of my closest friends. And I'm glad you mentioned that because we do get a lot of participants here who come through the doors to receive the services. And after they find themselves to be in a better place where they feel comfortable to maybe move forward with other things in their life, a lot of them do become, you know, Cancer Support Community Arizona ambassadors or volunteers themselves. And we've had individuals who were receiving services from, you know, 1999 when we opened doors and now have become, uh, you know, beloved volunteers and are helping us with, with tabling. And that's what they explain. It's truly a family and they, you know, they, they emerge with the participants that are incoming and the staff and they really feel like this is their, like you mentioned, Kelly, their second home. Yeah, I still, I still have a great relationship with a facilitator for my young cancer survivor group. Um, so we still are very much connected. Um, and like I said, many of those people, I still, you know, they're some of my closest friends. They know my deepest, mm. darkest <laughs> um, secrets and one of the hardest times of my life. Like they know all of those intimate details. Mm -hmm. 
So, so let's talk a little bit about the different programs um, and supports or services that are provided. Absolutely. So within here and this affiliate, kind of the beauty of, of being able to, um, you know, have your own affiliate, you, you are able to provide the services that best fit your community. So here in our community, um, the standard programming, though, is um, across five different pillars. So we have the support pillar, the social pillar, healthy lifestyle education and resources and referrals pillar. But within those uh, pillars, we, we have the flexibility of providing the events and services that best fit our community. So here in, in, in Arizona, within our support pillar, we offer a variety of support groups to the person with the diagnosis and then a, a separate support group to friends and family members. The needs are very different. Um, the concerns are very different. So that's why we separate those two. We also offer um, uh cancer-specific learning support groups. So, uh, you know, our, our weekly support groups are open to all cancer diagnoses, all stages. Um, but those specific cancer ones are, are for specific diagnoses. We also offer a lot of social events to have individuals come together, not feel so isolated, uh, meet other individuals, connect, and, and not have to explain yourself, right? Why, why is your hair falling out? Why do you feel so tired? You don't have to answer those questions here because people get it. Um, so that's what our social events are about. We also have a lot of educational presentations where we invite community experts or, or community professionals to come and educate us and, and speak with us on, on various topics related to cancer. Um, under our Healthy Lifestyle, which is one of our most popular pillars, we do a lot of the exercise and wellness classes like you were mentioning, our gentle yogas, our tai chi, the list goes on. We do a lot of nutrition as well. And then we do a lot of expressive arts courses as well. And then under the resources and referrals, I mean, when you get on Google, it's, it's never ending, right? And sometimes you come across information that isn't always 100% accurate, accurate, and it's also really intimidating. So we invite participants to give us a call first. We can help them locate those resources within their community and make sure they're, they're going to those resources that are most appropriate to their needs. So that's a little bit of a snippet. We also provide a lot of services to our Latino uh, communities, Spanish-speaking services within those five floors that I mentioned. And friends and families, of course, we have kiddos who come through our doors, and their needs are very different. So we do age-appropriate services for our kiddos. Right. And then, Kelly, is that kind of the same thing with where you are? Yes, uh, absolutely, as far as the five pillars go. And like Beatty was saying, the kind of the beauty of our affiliate network is we're both program directors. We're both in the same role, but we both have the freedom to really look at the members coming to our specific affiliate to decide what workshops would work best in our communities. Um, for us um, here, the yoga is absolutely popular. We have the same support group structure and our kids um, kids program is really popular. Mm-hmm. We probably see more kids who parents or grandparents have a cancer diagnosis. Davenport is only an hour from Iowa City, so that's where a lot of the use with the diagnosis are going for their treatments, but it goes back to that community. We want to be a place where the entire family can come. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, and and again, it goes back to it's not just for the cancer survivors. You know, these um, programs that you talked about, the the programs that sit underneath of the five pillars are all things, obviously outside of the specific um, cancer support groups, um, are for everybody, 
you know, whether they're the survivor, the friends, the family, the the caregiver, whomever. Um, And so I want to make sure that I stress that over and over again, (laughs) Um, just (laughs) because, you know, I, I know that the, I know the value of the support that I received through Gilda's Club. And um, even though my parents, my parents lived about an hour away from the facility in Pittsburgh. And so they never took the opportunity to participate um, that, and they would never drive into the city of Pittsburgh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If you've ever been there, you understand why. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I know that there are so many family members um, and so many others outside of the survivor that have been impacted positively by accessing the supports and services. Mm-hmm. So, and then, oh, were you going to say something? I was just going to add to, you know, transportation, that's a huge barrier for people who maybe live 15 minutes from one of our affiliates. Mm-hmm. So right. a lot of us, a lot of us are doing a lot more with technology where we might have some of those educational webinars in the um Facebook Live or kind of webinar live broadcast so people not able to get to us physically are able to still make use of our services. And then through our headquarters, we also have a a helpline. We have a great website tool called My Lifeline where individuals can use it to kind of um, keep their own support system updated on what's going on throughout the cancer journey or, or cancer process. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of great tools for those people who can't physically get to a cancer support community. I think that's great. I don't know that, um, I wasn't in that position, so I'm not sure if that was something that was offered through, um, the Gilda's club where I attended. I know that they gave us free parking, <laughs> which in the city of <laughs> Pittsburgh was a big deal. Um, so we did, you know, definitely took advantage of that, but I, um, love the fact that you're just giving more access to more people, um, despite where they're at, right. Um, that if they can't make it to the physical location, that there are certain things that they can tap into. I think that's wonderful. So if somebody is wanting, I know that there are certain needs that, um, you know, whether it's called Gilda's Club or Cancer Support Community, there are certain needs that you have. Um, I remember always saying kind of a donation list. Is that still something that you're doing where you're asking um, just community members, you know, if you have lotion or toilet paper or paper towels, those kind of things, are those still things that are accepted? Yeah, those are still things accepted here in in Arizona. We typically have our wish list on our website um, if it's not very easily accessible. I know we're always trying to update and and keep it um, to the latest of what we need. Just giving us a call, we will connect the individual with our outreach and volunteer coordinator, operations managers, and and they are happy to provide that list to to donors or, or community members who are wanting to give back. And Kelly, is that the same thing there too? Yeah, I, I believe that's pretty standard across the network. Yeah. Okay. And then it's it's those kind of things, right? Like paper towels and lotion. I remember seeing tons of lotion <laughs> um, that was being donated. But those kind of things are... Tissues, uh, gift cards so we can use them for food for our, right. our events that include food. Uh 
Yeah. There's, there's yeah. probably a long list based on which affiliate <laughs> you're at. <laughs> right, right. Just the basic, you know, hand sanitizer, basic things, essential things that you need in a home um, because they are home-like environments. So we want to make sure people feel like it's their home. So, you know, yeah, I mean, the list, there's several things I can think of top of my head, um, but just standard items. Right. But if anyone listening is thinking about making a donation, I would suggest they talk to that affiliate first. I know sometimes we have people wanting to give us big bulk donations or large items that we just don't have the storage for. So that's right. It's it's nice to be prepared. <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely don't want to get something and like well, not really quite sure where we're going to put this. Uh, don't that's want- right, and especially because oh, I apologize. Oh, you're fine. Go ahead. I was just going to say, because we are uh, an, an organization that provides social emotional support to cancer-specific um, um, participants, uh, sometimes people are trying to donate like crutches or, or prosthetics and things like that. And so we, we will work with them so they can donate it to the appropriate agency that is specialized in those items. Since we're here for the social emotional side, um, oftentimes we are ill-equipped to, to store those items appropriately or things like that. So. Exactly. We will work with them. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. I wouldn't have thought of that kind of stuff, but, um, you know, I'm I'm sure somebody, you know, probably would have thought that. (laughs) That's why you mentioned crutches specifically, but um, yeah. And then... You know, a lot of a lot of times, you know, I know that there are fundraising events and, um, you know, uh, the need for volunteers at times. So what are some ways that people can get involved if they would want to outside of obviously making those kinds of donations that are on the wish list? What other things can people do? So we yeah, are I, all. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Kelly. I think we're kind of on the same page. Yeah. So we all are our. Are- our standalone 501c3 organization. So any fundraising that we do within our communities, they do stay in our community. Um, we're not giving a certain percentage back to our headquarters or anything. So it is a lot of times the fundraising, um, the grants, the sponsorships, the uh, just individual donations that really help us stay in existence in our communities. Mm -hmm. So I know in the Quad Cities, we do a lot of third-party fundraising events. We always have our primary event and our run in in the springtime. Um, We do things throughout the year. We are always looking for volunteers um, and are welcome to people to visit our website to apply to become a volunteer. Um, But different volunteer needs for us are working with our kids and our, we call our kids program Noogie Land which is a throwback to Gilda Radner in uh, one of her sketches where Bill Murray would give her noogies. And so for, for some of the kids who are old enough to have support groups, we call it kids support. They will do that with one of our um, licensed mental health professionals, but other kids just are here for supervised play. So the parents or grandparents can make it to a group or an activity. So we, we utilize a lot of volunteers for the kids and then also to help us just spruce up the clubhouse um, from the, cl- um, from the Gildas club side, we refer to our building as a clubhouse. And so to spruce things up, to help get things ready for the day, um, data entry, mailings, things like that are some of our more common ones. And then Vidi, would you kind of echo that same thing or is there yeah, anything different? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely ditto everything Kelly's saying. I think what's really imperative to, 
to reiterate is that it stays, stays local. So whatever's fundraised here in, in Phoenix stays here in Phoenix. Whatever's fundraised, especially since we just opened up a, an affiliate up in Flagstaff, Arizona, whatever's fundraised up there stays there. It's not um, transferred over to Phoenix or vice versa. So it is very local. Same with Quad Cities and all of the other affiliates. And it stays here. We're always looking for volunteers for larger events, small events. I think that's one of the biggest ones for us too, Kelly. Uh, we do have the kiddos who are here um, with the parents and the parents, you know, have to go into their support group. So we're always looking for volunteers who, who um, are willing to work with us and, and help provide a, an important service to our, to our children. So, yep, ditto everything she said too. And oftentimes the volunteer, uh, the presenters for the educational commun- uh, events or healthy lifestyle activities, they might be volunteers as well who just have right. a specific um, niche or knowledge that they want to share with our members. Of course, those are carefully vetted out, but it's a it makes for a great working relationship with our healthcare partners as well to be able to use their staff as our speakers. Absolutely, that's right. And then, so if if somebody is wanting to work with the kids is there a requirement for them to have like their background clearance and their fingerprint cards and all of that stuff absolutely the process right the process may vary a little bit by state but yes there are background checks okay that's right i assume probably more so for the kids (laughs) um Mm -hmm. than just kind of general population but um yeah good to kind of know that there is that process in place that if somebody is interested in volunteering, that they might have to go through that um, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, so I just want to reiterate real quick for our listeners, the uh, the websites where they can go to find information um, about the different affiliates and their locations is cancersupportcommunity.org. And then uh, you also talked about some of those um, virtual activities, and you can find that information at mylifeline.org. Yes, and all of that is actually mirrored on cancersupportcommunity.org. Okay, wonderful. So I want to thank both of you ladies for being a part of the show today, um, for talking about both sides of um, the cancer community uh, support and, you know, just the different services that are offered. Again, for myself, uh, the impact that I had from Gilda's Club um, is, is, it's just been everlasting. Um, You know, I found so much support that I didn't realize I needed at the time that I needed it. (laughs) Um, And it really, you know, and I never had any hesitation about continuing to go there for support, even when I was a bit distanced from my surgeries and my treatments and those kind of things. So um, I love what the organization stands for. Um, you know, I appreciate the the programs that are offered and the fact that it is offered for free so everybody can access the programs. Um, so again, thank you so much for coming on, sharing a little bit about Gilda's Club and uh, Cancer Support Community. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that some of our listeners will find it in themselves to come and seek out that support if they need it or contact um, to provide some of the wish list items or even volunteer. That's right. And thank you for bringing awareness to the social emotional support services that are available to participants or individuals that are going through a cancer diagnosis. I think that's 
one of the biggest steps, right? Making people aware that, that they are not alone. There are other organizations that are available to them free of charge to, to receive that support they need. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Pink Ribbon. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you or anyone you know would be interested in sharing your story, please send an email to podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com. Thinking about advertising on this podcast? Our ads not only create awareness for your brand, but also contribute to the continued growth and support of this show. Email us today and be on our next episode. Email podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com for more information. You've been listening to Behind the Pink Ribbon, produced by American Creative Consulting, mixed and mastered at Riverview Podcasting Studios. For more information, please visit designbyacc.com.